welcome in to another whole home edition of Sport Ball. You know what? Might as well turn us off right now because this ain't going to be anything special. Am I right, boys? I was thinking about turning it off right now as well. <laughs> I'm wondering why I'm here. Kyle and I are matching color exactly. It's like if you put up a paint palette to something else that was a color. It's called <laughs> maroon. We each wear it. <laughs> Cheers to that, my friend. Also, have you tried this beer, Kyle? Fuzz County? No, you know me. I'm sipping on my sipping on a classic. Guinness? Guinness, baby, till we die. Seth, what are you sipping yeah. on these days? Guinness, you know it's Guinness. <laughs> I've not was, heard you say that before. <laughs> that got better the more I thought about it. Uh, oh, Seth has a big bottle. jug of water. It could be his own urine. We haven't confirmed yet. Uh, this is a jam-packed pod, boys. It is the Wednesday before March Madness. We are going to give you our March Madness preview at the end here. Keep in mind that by the time you hear this, it'll be Friday, and you'll already know that we're. I'm going to post it in the. Picks. I'm going to post it tonight. Good. Okay. But most people usually wait 24 hours, you know, before they get around to listening. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But first, we're going to go to our bread and butter, the NFL and the NBA, to start us off because we have some wild things happening in both leagues. I want to start with the NFL offseason. And I don't know if if I'm just, if I don't recall offseason's prior, but this seems to be a flurry of movement this year more than I, I remember in the past. The most important thing probably that happened that kicked off free agency in the offseason in general was the Bears, your Chicago Bears, trading the first pick overall to the Carolina Panthers. And boy, someone's got to hose me down because this was exciting. So the Panthers got the number one pick. The Bears in return got number nine, number 61 this year, a first rounder in 2024, a 2025 second rounder, and DJ Moore, baby. The man Kyle and I have coveted for years comes home to our loins finally. Kyle, I'm excited. You're excited. Tell us why. Well, I mean, I think we always knew the best way to play this out was for the Bears to trade this pick, acquire more picks, acquire additional talent. And I think kind of the whole Jalen Carter incident pre-NFL Combine might have played a factor, right? Again, I don't think we were going to keep the pick, but that's what a lot of experts were expecting. If we did keep it right, Jalen Carter was essentially a no-miss. But, you know, you have the allegations, maybe not really allegations, but he ran a man off the road, essentially, or ran a teammate off the road. They were racing, drag racing down the streets. I don't know. Something of the sort. Uh, We just... Witnessed uh, the pro day as well for Georgia this week. Uh, Bears attended. Jalen Carter um, didn't partake in most of the uh, like measurements, the the forty things like that. He did get weighed. He's nine pounds heavier than he was just a couple weeks ago at the combine, and he hmm. wasn't able to finish uh, the drills that he did partake in. So I think he's dropping down a lot of people's boards. Is it just an all an act to drop down those boards to get to a team to that nine. he wants? Who the hell knows? He could I mean, definitely drop to nine. Oh, he'll definitely he'll drop to nine for sure. He might drop out of the top 15 at this point. Um, all that to say, the Bears fucking did it. We've got two, uh, we got a additional first round, or we dropped, we still stayed in the top 10 this year. Got another first round pick next year. 
got a what second round pick in 2025 and another second round pick this year, if I'm not mistaken. No, I, I listed at the beginning. We got you are mistaken. Got, oh, yeah. No, sorry. You're right. Yeah, we got 61 this year and then we got a first next year and a, a second in 25. Killed it. I mean, so I expected I expected like three first. I basically expected this year's first and two firsts. And I viewed GJ Moore as a as kind of a first in value. Exactly. So I, yeah, I that's, the, got... that's that's the best way to to look at this, right? It's because yeah. if we were to draft any wide receiver from this draft class, we would be ecstatic if their peak was what DJ Moore has already done in the NFL in his what five years he's been in the league, where he's had three years over a thousand receiving yards with some of probably the most atrocious quarterbacks. The man gets a, been. a thousand yards with Sam Darnold and PJ Walker. And like every catch feels like a miracle. And Cam Newton who couldn't throw at the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Like so, he's I mean, kind of like, he's kind of like a tier below AJ Brown right now, but he could still, you know, help fields like AJ Brown helped hurts. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, people think of him as a tier below, but I'm obviously optimistic, and I've been a DJ Moore truther since day one. Um, I honestly, I think he could be just as good in the right environment. But yes, I think it, all in all, he's going to do what uh, what AJ Brown has done for Hertz and what Steph Diggs has done for Josh Allen. Right? That that's the hope that's the expectation and that's the plan and get this if we have a number one for fields and it turns out you know fields doesn't quite have it you know on that level carolina is still going to be really bad next year we're going to have a high pick next year from there from this 2024 first go attack the quarterback then i mean it, it left us still wide open with options correct yeah and i, I mean i don't think i don't think after this year, you know, first year with talent around fields, it all depends on how we address this offensive line situation, to be honest with you. Cause if we don't do a good job at that, it's still going to be really hard to assess fields, especially as a passer. If he's still like one of the most pressured quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, like I'm, I still have high hopes for fields. Everyone's saying like, Oh, well, he's just going to follow the Hertz path. Like, I mean, that would be awesome. Like, I've only, we've only really seen that happen once so far. So, you know, we shall see. But if I even get 80% of Hertz, I'll be pretty happy. So I think we're going to find out this year, like you said, if we shore off the offensive line, what Fields really has. And I honestly think we can make some noise this year if we play out the rest of free agency correctly. Well, here's the thing, too. Our division, I mean, Green Bay's about Watch to Watch it, Kyle. Aaron Rodgers, he's essentially already said he is. Seth, you still have Kirk Cousins, right? So is a New York Jet. Yes, Minnesota still has Kirk Cousins, and they lost Adam Thielen, who really didn't do too much last year, but I feel like was a safety blanket for Kirk when needed. And then you have, you know, the Lions, who I think are an ascending team, but I think there's still question marks at the same time as to can they really sustain a winning season? Because we haven't seen it in years. Yeah, I mean, we saw the Vikings were frauds last year, right? They won eight games by a score of seven or less and lost in the first round to, to fucking. And I we, can't I'm even think of his name. He's so bad. We lost what eight <laughs> games of uh, of one score or less. So I just think the division's pretty open. I mean, I think the Vikings are probably the favorites. I wonder where the betting odds are right now, but 
it seems like it's pretty open. I'd agree. And we still have you haven't even you haven't even trying to make a better record bet Vikings or Bears next year. Let me see Uh, how it finishes. Yeah. Let me see how free agency finishes. That's the thing, too. We haven't touched on the other moves that the Bears have made. Yeah, well, I mean, we we shored up our linebacking core. We we don't have to go too in depth with it, but we we got uh, admins from the Bills, and we got the Eagles linebacker that that's name escapes me, T.J. Edwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> so, I think and we, we still got fifty million plus to spend. Maybe we'll spend an Adam Thielen, huh? Maybe we'll see him in Bears uniform next year. <laughs> Seth, what did you what did you think about this Bears trade as as an unbiased fan? Although you kind of hate the Bears, so it's like the opposite bias, but. You know, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely the type of deal that I would have wanted as a Bears fan. Um, I saw a few people commenting, like, they why did they make this trade now? They could have waited till closer to the draft, maybe gotten even more, <laughs> even more. Um, but overall, like, I think it's definitely a good move, DJ Moore is a legit number one wide receiver, which is a big part of what you were missing. And clearly that first overall pick was not as valuable to the Bears as it is to other teams because the Bears have fields. So, um, and then, yeah, I think it does make a big difference who you get a first round pick from and, you know, expecting the Panthers to still be at least pretty bad next year uh, makes that, more valuable than maybe first round picks offered from other teams. So overall, I think it was a a good move for the bears. I do obviously think they're going to be better next year. I agree with you that the offensive line is still a question mark. Um, But, you know, as someone who owned Justin Fields on my fantasy team for a little while in our guillotine league last year, I uh, I'm a believer. DJ Moore's, Five years in Carolina, his he's accrued fifty two hundred receiving yards in those five years would be an all time record for the bear for the Bears, and his total receptions in those five years would be third all time for the for a Bears receiver. <laughs> That's in his Man. first five years in the league. <laughs> wow, he's almost on par with Mike Evans with those kind of stats. You watch Except, your mouth. He can catch the ball and do stuff afterwards. <laughs> He's not just Damn an compiler. <laughs> Good try. That's a compiler, I think. Accumulator. Okay. You're right. Sorry. Uh do they have do they have division odds up yet, Kyle? Have you seen them? I'm I mean, not sure. Honestly, I haven't peaked, but I could tell you. I'm on DraftKings right now, but uh, I'm not sure they have it up yet. Um probably not. I would be curious to see what our what our division looks like. Um, we should talk about who you guys think Carolina is going to take at number one after this trade. Um, I think their options include Bryce Young, great player, but shorter than me. They got CJ Stroud, great pocket passer, not too mobile. They got uh, Will Levis, tall and mediocre. And you got Anthony Richardson, who is like, uh, what is he like, Kyle? Like a Lamborghini if you didn't have any parts for it. Something like that. Um, yeah, that's probably fair. <laughs> so, who would you take at one, Kyle? Would you take a stab at someone like Richardson, or would you play it a little more safe? Um, 
No, I wouldn't do it at one. Like yeah, I, I think, think it's fair. I think if they have their eyes set on Richardson and that's their guy, I think they could trade back and mm-hmm. still get him. Like, yeah. say the Colts have their eyes set on someone, it's either Stroud or Young, probably, and they want to ensure they get that pick. Hey, and and Carolina's set on Richardson. I think they could trade down to that four spot and kind of recoup some of the the assets they had to give up to move up to there. Um. So and go with Richardson at that spot. So I, I think if they stay put, it's probably got to be Stroud or Young. And honestly, I would lean Stroud just, you know, size wise accuracy. He put on like a, a clinic at the combine. Um, and, and you want to say that he's not mobile. Um, might I remind you that he was uh, the never mind. I'm thinking of something differently. Never mind. Yeah, but his the way he passed and like I know nothing about scouting, but it seems like scouts were like, wow, that's one of the best like passing performances at the combine I've ever seen. So it's kind of like, oh, this guy's like really good at passing. That seems important for playing quarterback. I think that would be that would be a safe pick there. I found the NFC North uh, division odds. Would you guys like to be apprised? I'm going to say it's Vikings, Lions, Bears. Uh, those are the top three. No, it's actually pretty shocking. Is, is everyone sitting down? All right. Your Detroit Lions are plus 150 <laughs> to win the division. The Vikings are plus 270. The Packers are plus 330. And the Bears are plus 350. So it is wide open, like. It's from plus 150 to plus 350, really tight in there. Do you think it's what is shocking about that? The lion, you just think the lion, the, the lions are favorites? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I guess it's reasonable. I just didn't realize the betting public was already there in their minds, in their yeah, mind's I mean, eye. I certainly wouldn't be there, but <clears throat> you still favor t- your Vikings? Yeah, of course. Do you are you aware who is your quarterback or are you have you forgotten? Uh, actually, we're gonna start a, an upturned mop with a bucket for a head, so we should <laughs> we might as well just we might as well just stop dancing around it when we're talking about NFC North odds and a certain quarterback who's leaving. The bad man is gone, boys. <laughs> we can now rejoice. Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is essentially official. Um, we're not sure the terms yet. We're not sure, you know, what exactly what the contract is, what needed to be traded out, but it seems like it's pretty much a done deal. What do you guys think? Do you guys, you, I think that makes a big impact on the Jets. Um, like, do you like their chances after getting Rodgers? Are you just kind of relieved that he's gone? Well, how are you feeling right now? I'll take this, I guess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. I'm relieved that he's gone. Um, I saw a really funny uh, meme earlier, was it earlier today or late last night about the whole situation? Since it's come out that essentially Rodgers is making demands before even being signed by the Jets as to who they should be signing you know, and trading for. I don't. This it, They said it's really impressive 
that Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Packers, the GM of the Jets, and the owner of the Bears all at the same time. It's <laughs> oh, fucking hilarious. It what seems I don't like what understand happened... is, what I don't understand is like why he wanted to leave the Packers at all, right? Ostensibly because they didn't put good weapons around him, right? And then he goes to the Jets and tells them to get all of the weapons that he had in Green Bay. I'm like, what? You want Alan Lazard? <laughs> it seems like, I feel like what happened was they asked him, like, hey, like, do you have any, like, requests for players? Like, who do you, like, who are you interested in? And he listed players. And then all the reporters, like, Aaron Rodgers demands Randall Cobb be sent to the Jets. Like, I feel like that's what happened. That being said, they're probably going to try to placate him. And they already have with Alan Lazard. But he's actually good, though. Is he, though? I mean, he's better than who was that their receiver, like Denzel Mims or something? Yeah. Denzel's kind of sneaky good, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget Denzel. But the other thing that I'm wondering is like, does Aaron actually want these wide receivers? Or is he just essentially saying, I'm out of here and I'm going to take anyone that I possibly can with mm. me just to fuck you over as much as possible? Could and be. the Jets are like, yeah, we'll do it too. Why the hell not? Well, really who he wanted was A. Alan Lazard, who, like I said, is actually good. B. Randall Cobb, who's his best friend. So that's reasonable. Like, if I was going to the Jets, I'd be like, can I have Seth and Kyle, please? Thank you. <laughs> and then C, he wanted... Um, Odell Beckham Jr. And well, he that's said, different. Who wouldn't want Odell Beckham? <laughs> he wanted Mercedes Lewis, who's like a black and tight end. Oh, yeah. He wants him, too. <laughs> that's fine. He's like... Every like person who actually knows football is like, do you see the way Mercedes Lewis blocks? So I guess how old is Mercedes Lewis though? I think he's forty (laughs) five. He didn't like playing with any of them in Green Bay. Like, I don't. Who knows why he's? Maybe maybe he just wanted a little warmer weather, so he went to New York. You know, (laughs) he probably completely lost faith in the Packers organization of adding like weapons around him. So he was like, hmm, let me uproot the guys that I do like. And then just go to somewhere else that has weapons already defined. I, I mean, know. Garrett Wilson is better a, than anyone. A stud in the making. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, of course. And Elijah Moore, too. Can't forget about I don't know. Elijah. I mean, I think, what is this to make the Jets? Like a, like a wild card team, probably? Yeah, I think they should be a playoff team. But it's just. Yeah, Jets are definitely a playoff team. With, but they, their division, core. I mean, they have the Bills. And we're about to talk in a second about how Miami stacked up. So. It's yeah, definitely I mean, the not whole an easy AFC, one. The whole AFC is stacked. It's like, yeah. I see them as a wild card team. Um, we shall see if the Bills, if the Bills um, slip up. But I mean, what we should mention, we'll just go right into it. Miami also in the arms race as well, traded for Jalen Ramsey. The Rams in return got the number 77 pick and tight end Hunter Long, who I'm not ashamed to say I've never heard of. Um not sure if it's Justin Long's brother, but uh, so the Miami is all in a 2023-24 season. And should they be with the uncertainty about Tua? I mean, listen, without a healthy Tua, they're not doing anything. And they also have to get past the Bengals and the Chiefs anyway, and the Bills in their own division. So, I mean, you know, what are you going to do to sit with, sit around with your dick in the hand? Because there's good teams in the AFC. You should still try to be good. But I mean, don't I worry, still, they- Sign Mike White as a backup. So, <laughs> is Mike White better than Tua? Coming up next. <laughs> what do you guys think about this this fit for um, for Miami? I mean, Jalen and Xavier going to be pretty locked down secondary, right? 
Yeah, I mean, that was an ascending defense, which I think we've talked about, at least I have in the past. And I right, I think we talked about we've talked about plenty of times as well, you know, playing or paying for those possible game changing type players. And there's not a lot of them at cornerback, but I think Jalen Ramsey is one of, if not the premier um game changing quarterback cornerback in the NFL. So well, you might be able to say that Sauce Gardner now. Sauce. Yeah. So Sauce is that fucking boy, man. Right. So I mean he's up there, right? Either way, Jalen's Jalen's up there. So um we saw what their offense could do last year with a healthy Tua. You pray he stays healthy and doesn't have any more of these insane uh head injuries throughout the season. And you just bolstered your defense, which was already decent and at least passable. So I don't know. Things are looking up again. It's that that whole um, you know, all the AFC, but the AFC um, East is going to be a tough one next year. Yeah, I think Seth, doesn't it feel like um, if Tua stays healthy, we're looking at two out of three AFC wild cards coming from the East there? Yeah, you, you I mean, it's always hard. I feel like there's always some uh, wild card teams that we don't expect before mm-hmm. the season, but um. You know, to answer your question about should Miami really go all out for next year, I think I like the move for Ramsey. They didn't give up that much to get him. Obviously, it's a big contract, but um, I don't know what else you really do other than hope. Like, it seems like to me, like Tua, for his health the rest of his life, probably, like, shouldn't play football again. Mm-hmm. Certainly not if he gets another concussion, but that's I kind of feel like that's a separate discussion, and they're operating under the hope that he'll be fine. And yeah, if he is fine next year, I think they stack up, you know, just as well against the Bengals, the Bills, Chiefs, etc. Yeah. The AFC. So, I mean, well. football is a one game thing, right? In the playoffs, so just takes one injury or one weird bouncing ball and you're, you're in the Super Bowl. So yeah. Wish that would happen for the bears, but all right. Um, I, Can that's I, all I have an NFL offseason. You have stuff to add Kyle? Yeah. I was going to break some news here on this podcast. Whoa. Wait, wait, let me do a little uh, ESPN breaking news. What are the, what's the thing? Yeah. I think that was it. Four time pro bowl tackle super bowl champ. Orlando Brown Jr. Oh, yeah, I saw that already. He's going to the four year. Thank you. It was not <laughs> even an hour ago, but I think that's pretty. Uh, that's huge. Important news. Yeah. We've talked many times, and I think we saw in the results of how many times uh, Joe Burrow was hit, pressured, or sacked last year that that offensive line needed some upgrades. Um, well, by golly, they got it with Orlando <laughs> Brown. So. <laughs> Now, they did lose both their safeties, which is tough for anyone. Yeah, but, I mean, you give Joe Burrow all the time in the world to throw the ball, they're dropping 35-plus a game anyway. So. Who needs defense? Yeah, they're, they're going to be back in it for sure. All right, you guys want to hit NBA now? Yeah, why not? All right. I've come up with yet another gimmick that will be lambasted by both you and the audience. 
I call it MBA. Do you believe? Nobody's doing this. Okay. You look at other pods. They're not doing this shit. All right. <laughs> Number one, you guys are going to love this one. Everyone's strapping and strap on. I should try to explain the game. I guess it's going to become clear. I'm just going to say, do you believe and then make a statement and then they're going to answer. I think everyone would have gotten that. (laughs) I never would have expected that's how the game would work. All right. Do you believe the Sacramento Kings can make the West finals? Okay. Can or will? It's a simple question. I won't, I won't give you more information. Okay. I'll say yes. Yes. I got to say yes, because here's the thing. Okay. We got to open our minds to this. And I'll admit when you and I, was it Kyle or I think it was all of us were talking. I was skeptical like about two weeks ago, but the way the bracket is shaking out, let's say the Kings get the Timberwolves or the Mavs first round. I think they're going to win that series. And then they're going to, they're going to play the Grizzlies if the Grizzlies even win in the second round. And I got to say, John Moran not be, might not be back this season. We don't know, right? I think he's going to be back. There are whispers, rumblings. So he's eligible to come back Monday, but we he's are not sure. He's in, in, in uh, Florida for mental health uh, intake or something like that, right? He's good to you go. You know, yeah. He just had an interview with uh, Jalen Rose. Yeah, did he's he say back. anything about coming back? I didn't watch all of it. Me either. I just saw that uh, when they asked him whose gun it was, he said, it's not my gun. I don't condone violence. Uh, That's not like me. But he takes full responsibility. Yeah. How did Jalen's hairline look, though? You already know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well. I think I even saw his barber sitting in the background of the video. (laughs) Just every time it cut away from him, they trimmed him up a little bit. (laughs) <laughs> well listen i gotta say i just have questions about the grizzlies either way like is steven adams going to come back brandon clark is one of their most important players and he's out for with an yeah, achilles it's it's been brutal so I, I there is definitely a path i mean if you get the two seed you got to have a chance right yeah like the I, motherfucking beam baby i think they Let's have a go. chance against anybody in the west regardless of how the matchups ended up shaking out Light the beam and flick the beam. <laughs> now I will. Can I throw some water on my own hypothesis? If you'd allow me. I'll allow it. Uh, they are 25th in defense right now. Which means there's only five teams worse than them. Mm. Which I will all mention, of them are tanking probably. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like it's going to be tough with that defense. Like no team has made the finals with a defense in the bottom 10. Since the, I think it was 2002 Lakers who had Shaq and Kobe and were, you know, they'd already been to two finals. They were already, they were just kind of turning the switch. This is obviously yeah, not a turn the switch. Sabonis team. and Fox. Shaq and Shaq Kobe were Sabonis and Fox. <laughs> <laughs> so that is, that does worry me for sure. But I mean, the West looks wide open, right, guys? I mean, Seth, this Nuggets team has lost four in a row. And what goes on you, here? You look at the Suns, they, they have KD out until the playoffs. I mean, it seems wide open, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm ultimately going to still believe in the Nuggets and believe that come playoff time, you know, Jokic will be his usual self where time after time we see him 
as the best offensive player in the regular season. And then he finds a way to be even better in the playoffs. And, you know, Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. Like having all of them, even though they've been on this skid, I feel like I'm still going to have them as the favorites in the West. But there's just so many question marks about every other team. It's hard to imagine a scenario that seems preposterous. It's like you could tell me 10 different Western Conference Finals matchups, and I would be like, yeah, I could see that happening. 100%. LeBron comes back healthy. The way the Lakers are playing right now, they they might be the first playing team. Obviously, we haven't had that for very long, but the first playing team to make the finals. It's it's a reality at this point. They could when easily we were, get out of the play-in, too. I got to eat crow I, on that, Kyle, because I one or two I was, games out from uh, being yeah. out of the play-in. I got to eat crow on that because I was very confident they were not even going to make the play-in. I even bet you I made a small wager on such a thing, and I was Correct. wrong. Yeah, I mean, season's not over yet, but I will have to say – I do feel very confident since LeBron tweeted a picture of himself in a cryo chamber, um, essentially being like time's ticking. He's doing good. He was away from the team for a week and I think he was getting like baby blood from Germany. So (laughs) I gotta say, yeah, I think legit like seven or eight teams could make the finals in the West. And now one of them isn't the new Orleans Pelicans. I don't know if you guys want to apologize for that now for putting them in. Is one of them the OKC thunder? I mean, how wild would that be, dude? Ooh, man, I would love to see SJ, SJ make a playoff run. Uh, Kyle, are you are you nervous at all about the Nuggets? Because yeah, I was listening. Yeah, I was listening, highly. I was listening to the low post the other day, and they were trying to figure out their seventh best player. And boy, it was a it was a dicey best? conversation. Yeah, it was like Bruce Brown's yeah. the sixth. Okay, and then is it Christian Brown? Is it Jeff Green? Jeff Green. It's not. <clears throat> Not a talented player, that's for certain. Yeah, it's it's Jeff Green, uh, unfortunately. Uncle Jeff. But I mean, like you just mentioned, right? They're they're on quite the losing streak right now, right now. And like the teams that they've been losing to, um your Chicago Bulls started it off. Yeah, right. The Bulls, the Spurs, the tanking Spurs straight up clowned them essentially, <laughs> the Nets, and then the Raptors okay whatever but like the main theme from every single one of those games these teams were attacking Jokic in the paint and he just Mm -hmm. wasn't doing anything was he not doing anything because he just doesn't care anymore and they're secured for a playoff spot or like I, I don't understand but he was just getting clowned essentially that's yeah that's that's long been my worry in the playoffs right Seth is that can Jokic ever get over the hump and win the finals, you know, being a subpar defender at his position or maybe average, but you know, he's certainly not a lead in that end. Did you hear, was that on Zach's pod where he talks about how many kickball violations Jokic has? Yeah. He's like 45. I don't know why. I don't know why he's mad about it though. That's just, no, I don't think he should defense. be mad about it, but it's just, he has 45 and the second leader is 17. <laughs> it's like unbelievable. Uh, He's figuring out new angles, baby. <laughs> Whatever it takes. But yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I like I said, I still have to have them as my top choice out of the West, but it's one of those things where 
okay, they have like a 20% chance and the other team, there's five other teams all with like chances in the teens. I feel like, you know, rather than some years where it's like, all right, 70% chance the Warriors are going to make the Mm -hmm. finals. Like, Mm -hmm. so this last week or so has been concerning and obviously past playoff performance from Denver adds to that concern. Yeah, I think I would have picked the Suns, honestly, before this KD injury, but like he's going to come back maybe right at playoff time. And it's really just hard to coalesce as a team under those circumstances, you know, and they certainly have the most talent, but that was the worry, right? When you put KD and CP3 together, who are often injured at this point of their career, you really can't count on them being healthy for a playoff run, I don't think. It's all about health with them, for sure. That means light the beam, baby. The Kings are going to the, the West Finals. Maybe the NBA Finals. Who knows? Can you imagine the, a Kings, like, Celtics or Bucks matchup and how they would just get destroyed? Can you imagine? The Celtics, the, I mean. <laughs> can you imagine the team that set the record for the longest playoff drought in the major four sports? And then when they break the playoff drought, they go to the finals? <laughs> I think we all got to be rooting for the Kings, man. It's so fun. Their yeah. fans are so so into it too. It's awesome. I'm uh, bringing it back. I used to be a Kings fan in the C Web days. They were like mm. the first team that I watched when I was a little kid. That was a fun, really a fun team. All right. That boy white chocolate. Asia. <laughs> all them. Dude, white chocolate, you would look up like old highlights of them, you'd think he was like He's better the, than Matt. The greatest Johnson. NBA player in history. <laughs> He's like Steve Nash, but yeah. better. <laughs> I might just start showing my showing Riley just highlights of him, and she's gonna end up growing up thinking like he's the greatest basketball player that's ever touched the ball. No way, tell her. <laughs> All right, second, do you believe? Do you believe this will be the closest MVP race since 2017? Now, some background here. Usually, not that close. The MVP, um, 2017, Russell Westbrook won. You may remember this was the Russ Harden Kawhi year. Uh, pretty similar where there were three good candidates, right? So Russ had 888 points, Harden 753, Kawhi 500. Usually the winner, I was just looking back at basketball reference, usually the winner has like high 900, high or 1,000 points. So that was really close. Um, a couple other close ones was 2007, Dirk versus Nash. 2005, Nash versus Shaq. That was really close. Nash with 1,066 points and Shaq with... 1032. That was probably the closest two-man race. But this year, as, as you guys know, we have we have Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid fighting it out. And I think when you have that third candidate, you have a real chance to get a, another 2017, right? Where you, it's really, really even in a very close race. What do you guys think? You guys think we're we're headed for for kind of a, a photo finish here? I think so. Yeah, I'll, I will tell you too. After uh, tonight's Philadelphia game, the odds have actually flipped, and Embiid is now the favorite to win the MVP. He has been on an absolute tear recently. Um, Obviously, I mean, just the whole year, he's been outstanding. But, um, man, the, the Sixers are looking really scary at just the right time. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, uh, what what do the standings even look like? Over I mean, there the Sixers have the same days? record essentially as the Nuggets, 
you know? And yeah, and there so were like that, four or five games out of first in the East, though. So that edge for for Jokic is kind of out the window if you have the same record. Um, the Bucks obviously oh, have the best record in games, the league yeah. at fifty and nineteen, but Giannis has missed more games and has kind of worse advanced stats. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, what do what do you think, Seth? I mean, I the, the other thing is that you look at the schedule. The Nuggets are playing both the Bucks and the Sixers in a week, and the Sixers are playing the South uh, the or the Sixers are playing the Bucks too that same week. So we're going to see them all play each other. And that's got to factor in a little bit for voters, right? Yeah. I'm probably end up factoring in a little bit more than it should with recency yeah. bias. And it's like, okay, it's an award for the entire regular season, not just who finished on top. But um, yeah, I think, I think it's definitely shaping up to look like it's going to be a tight race, which is kind of funny when, I think we all look at the the Tim Bontemps straw poll. Like the last one, Jokic was winning by a, a mile, at least in terms of first place votes. So um, maybe it's just some like group think with and with where we were at in the season at the time. But I definitely think all three are viable candidates, and uh, can't really go wrong. So. That at the time even seemed like way too Jokic favorite. It should have been more even, I thought at the time. It was that was weird. Um, going to your head, who who would you guys have right now, Kyle? Do you still have Jokic? I want to say Jokic, especially because I want to see back to back to back MVPs. But it's getting really hard. I'm going to stick with him for now. It's getting really hard not to say Embiid, though. To be honest with you. Hmm. I don't really like Embiid as a player, but more so as a person. But, Mm. you know. (laughs) For me, I feel like when we're in this situation where we have three guys who have easily, like, good cases for MVP and maybe in another year would be the favorite, then I feel like the tiebreaker should be which player is better. And I think we all would agree if we're just picking who we want to be on our team, we'd all take Giannis. So I think Giannis should be the MVP because he's the best player in the league. I kind of agree, honestly. Like he's the best player on the best team. the The Bucks are fifty and nineteen. I know he's missed more How many games. games he missed? Yeah, right, right. It, it might come down to that, but like, I think he's the best player in the league. I think I would lean him right now, but it's so tight. These are and it's cool because these are you don't always get this, I guess, but these are the three best players in the league, you know, and it's it's just cool to see them battle it out. And we could have this for years to come. I mean, I think Steph and KD have an argument if they're healthy, but these three are, are always available. And it's cool that they're all kind of centers of big men, right? That we have a little little renaissance that happening here. We thought I do wonder, dead. Yeah, I'm I do wonder historically the same amount of games. Okay, yeah. There you go. I do wonder historically, like how we're going to look back on this. So, if let you know, we don't know how it's going to play out, right? But at the moment, right, Jokic has two, and Giannis has two MVPs, and Embiid has zero. And I think we all kind of agree they're roughly as talented as each other. Like Embiid is maybe a half step below. But I just wonder, like, is Embiid going to be kind of shortchanged as we look back on history, where mm-hmm. when we think back on, oh, yeah, you know, Giannis and Jokic are these, like, top 
15 players of all time, whatever, you know, when you stack up multiple MVPs, that's already rarefied air. And then is Embiid going to be like, have a case where we think of him more in the forties or something when it's like he played against those people and was like just as good as them during their primes. Right. Now I say that being an Embiid hater. So I guess I won't mind that much. <laughs> it's going to feel like he's old, right? It already kind of feels like he's old one. Yeah. And so um, I'm, I think that definitely gives him an edge this year uh, because he hasn't won one before. And people kind of feel like he deserves one for mm-hmm. the bulk of his work the last three years or so. And it's so like, I, I would predict it, it goes to Embiid. And it's like, um, I mean, we know it's a regular season award, but it would be kind of weird if Jokic won three in a row and he didn't win a championship. And like, don't even get me started on that. That's the dumbest, dumbest argument that I hear on these podcasts and stuff. I know it's a regular season award, but it's going right. to feel weird. I sh- you shouldn't even think about past achievements at all. We should be looking at this one moment in time, the last, what, six months, and that's it. <laughs> but it's going to be crazy. What Say Jokic never wins a championship, and he won three straight MVPs. It'll be an anomaly in the history of the NBA, I'd agree, but it shouldn't play a factor. And that's the yeah. thing, though, is like... It will, though. Who are these voters? Yeah. It will play a factor. But you're right, it should. Despicable. <laughs> okay, I have one more, do you believe? <clears throat> and maybe Kyle hinted at his feelings when talking about the Sixers. Do you believe anyone can come out of the East besides the Bucks or the Celtics? So we talked about how wide open the, the West is. The Bucks and the Celtics have long been thought of as the um, kind of a collision course to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics have been despicable of late, Seth. Um but I think I would still favor those two to come out. Do you think anyone else has a chance? Seth, what do you think? You, I know, I, I'm going to guess you're going to say no because you're not a Sixers guy. What's the question? Does anyone else have a chance? I guess, what, do you believe anyone else will come out of the East besides the Bucks and the Celtics? Would you be surprised? Uh, do you feel like he's asked like four different questions in one question right now? <laughs> this, um, is, this is we're just workshopping. Do you believe? Okay, it's not patent. <laughs> if the question is, do I believe that either the Celtics or the Bucks will represent the East in the NBA Finals? Yes, I believe that. Do I think it's possible that some other team wins the East? Yeah, I think it's possible. But who who would you have like as your next? Play, here's the thing having it win. possible or believing it can happen i think are two different things and he's asking if you believe it could happen yeah he's asking i believe it could happen that that somebody a, else a team besides the top two right now yeah i believe are it in could. the finals i think it will i wouldn't predict it to happen but I, i'm gonna I say no no i don't believe it no one else but well, the Bucks and is coming out okay i'll tell you why number one the sixers have james harden yeah, it won't be the Sixers. I think they sure. would be the, the best chance to come out of the East besides those two teams. Now, I have said in the past. This is the best player. Never mind. I was going to say. that's No, that's right. That's exactly what I was about to say. This is the best player Harden's ever played with, and he doesn't have – he can go two for 11. They still might win a game, unlike in the past. However, there's another factor, Doc Rivers, who will be golfing in between each game. 
Just saying. It's got to be put out there. Uh, now, the Cavs and the Knicks are probably the only two other ones you consider, right? And, I mean, the Knicks, I don't think anyone – a team with Randall and Brunson as their best players would be wild to be in the finals, right? Have we seen that since, like, maybe the Pistons? That's still better than them. I mean, I, I would be yeah. very surprised. The Cavs? I don't the know. Cavs we don't just, s- they can't – the Cavs can't close out a game against all of these – top tier teams is what I fear. They've done it against Boston. Yeah. Pretty yeah. recently a couple times. But tonight against the Sixers, uh, I don't know if they they might have only won one of their matchups, if that, uh, against the Bucks this year. Yeah. So um I I'm a I'm a Cavs stan, but I don't know if this is really the year. I'm gonna say I'm just gonna say Injuries are always a possibility, of course. Yeah. Right. Barring any major injuries, I would be shocked to see a team that is not the Bucks or the Celtics come out of these. I think it's much less wide open than the West. I agree with that. And I think it must be said that the Bucks have a significant edge over the Celtics and, and should be highly favored over them with the way we've seen each of those teams play to finish out the regular season. Now, maybe the Celtics will kick it back into gear. Maybe it's all just variance um, with how hot the Celtics were to start the season, especially from three and how cold they've been lately. Uh, But, and, and maybe it's just like, yeah, the Celtics team kind of goes through stretches. We've seen it before. They've pulled themselves out of it before. Um, so I don't want to like panic too much, but the Bucks just look really good right now. Really solid, confident, healthy, everything you would want for a team heading into the playoffs. Would you so like? The thing is, I've lost trust in Missoula over the last probably two months. Yeah, I don't know what his thoughts are. I don't know why he is turning into Doc himself and is scared to use timeouts. And I don't know why he's not closing games with like his full best players. And uh, Marcus Smart is not the defensive player of the year that he was a year ago by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, so there's just a say- lot of things that are breaking down, I feel like, yeah, at a terrible time of the season. I was going to say, Seth, if you'd like a minute to just rant about Marcus Smart, I would like to give you that space. You can throw some Grant Williams in there as well if you'd like. I mean, Marcus is going to be Marcus, you know. Um, And I think Missoula's philosophy from hearing some of the, like, clips on the broadcast and stuff, he's, he's all about a few things that you – kind of things that you can control – like making your free throws, limiting offensive rebounds for the other team, limiting turnovers. And his belief, right, is that if you do those things and then you shoot a lot of threes, you're going to win most of those games. And if you don't, like, make your threes, then that's just kind of the, the luck of the draw. And so I feel like, those are the times when he does call timeout is when, oh, we're giving up offensive rebounds or second chance opportunities, things like that. But he lets his guys play when they're just missing shots. And 
I don't necessarily agree with that because of the momentum factor and like being able to stop a run from the other team by taking a timeout. But, and yeah, it's frustrating when like Marcus is missing those threes, you know, with 20 seconds left on the shot clock and, um, and when it seems like we can't stop their other guards, you know, Emmanuel quickly getting to the hole time after time. But I mean, ultimately I still love Marcus and hopefully we make shots in the playoffs. That was exactly a minute. Great work. All right. Shall we do March Madness for those fans out there? Sure. The madness of March is upon us. I got to tell you, I had a really hard time picking this bracket, and I I think I'm still tweaking. We have until 11 a.m. tomorrow. I might be changing this bracket. I still haven't even entered one because I get like four picks down. I'm like, this is too much to think about right now. And I (laughs) log off. Sam, how how much college basketball have you watched this year? I have watched zero minutes and zero seconds of college basketball. So why is it hard to pick games? I've been listening to a lot of podcasts and reading a lot of articles. I like to do this thing where come March Madness, I like dive in and try to learn as much as possible, Hmm. really for no reason, because in the end, it's pretty much all luck and variance, but I just like it. It's fun, you know? All right. I'm Um, you're having fun. Thank you. Uh, All right. Let's everyone give our favorite upset pick. So the the fans out there, if Kyle releases this in time, can pick their brackets and win money off of us. Kyle, why don't you go first since you watched a modicum of college basketball and have some sense of what's going on? Yeah. Um, there's I, Like you said, I, I feel like there's a lot of enticing upsets potential in, in this first round. And, like, I, I don't know what it is about this year. And that's why I keep, like – looking at the bracket and then I'll go away because I think, well, there can't really be that many upsets, but I also feel like there might be either way, all that said and done. Give me those Furman boys over the Wuha, whatever the hell they're called. Virginians. Nick is not going to like this. Shit sucks. Furman's <laughs> about to wipe that ass, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had them written down actually as my one of my uh, number one upset picks as well. They make a they take a bunch of threes and layups. I was reading Kyle, and that's what we like out of an efficient offense, right? Yes, that's definitely what we like. Um, and honestly, we could uh, we could be seeing Furman in the Sweet Sixteen. Wouldn't be shocked. I gotta say, I have I have I have a notion of picking. Furman Charleston in the second round and having one of them make the sweet 16. It's just a notion right now, but those, those Charleston boys, I've been hearing whispers about them too. So I think that could be a wild region over there. Sure can. Uh, may I give my official uh, upset? Now I have like five written down here. And I don't know anything about college basketball. And also I might not pick any of these come 11 a.m. tomorrow. So this is <laughs> it's just... I just want to talk about it. I want to talk it out. Now. The king of contradictions strikes again. (laughs) The Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Oh, the Raging Cajuns, he says. I've I've got Louisiana picked. Good. Is that true? Join me, my son. Yeah. There are a few things I like about this team, okay? 
Number one, at one point in their history, they had had a mascot that was simply a cayenne pepper. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, need I say more? Now, you might say it doesn't all depend on the mascot. Well, who made a run last year? It was the Peacocks from St. Peter's who were easily the best mascot in the tournament. So that alone gives us a chance. Number Number two, I've been hearing rumblings that Tennessee are frauds. They're fraudulent. They also they, lost their star point guard. They lost their, one of their best players, yeah, as Kyle alluded to. And, you know, these four seeds, a lot of them are falling down towards the end of the season. And Tennessee is, it kind of fits that bill. And either way, I like Duke to win in the next round. So I kind of feel that it's nice to pick Louisiana because I don't like Tennessee to go far anyway, you know? So it's kind of nice little safe. See, this is where pick. you're wrong. Duke's mm. not making it to the next round. Ooh. Because that's of, another upset for you. Because our boys from Oral Roberts? Yeah, they're going to give them it deep. <laughs> so you like Oral is what you're saying. Love it. Love I can't disagree them. with that. I, mean. <laughs> <laughs> I think my coin flip bracket might be do, do better than my regular bracket this year. Doesn't Oral Roberts this year. Final Four. <laughs> so, so you like the Louisiana Raging Cajun as well, huh? I do, yeah. Um, I like them because uh, I think they might win. <laughs> and so. if they revive the cayenne pepper, <laughs> it's game over. I mean, you can't take the heat. Get out of the kitchen. <laughs> All right, Kyle, who's your final four? Who you got in there? I haven't picked the final four yet. I know. I've been back and forth as well. But I'll tell you. Can I tell you who I have right now? Yeah, please. <clears throat> I have Duke. If they can get past Oral Roberts, it's an easy breezy. <laughs> <laughs> but I am nervous about that first game, to be honest. I have, I have Duke. I have Arizona. I have them being Alabama in the Elite Eight. <clears throat> I have Houston, those boys. And then I have Kansas. So those are the two number one seeds. I had a real tough time with the West Division with Kansas, UConn, Gonzaga, and UCLA. I've heard of all those teams. Sounds like a gauntlet. Um, I ended up picking Houston to beat Arizona in the championship because I feel like, you know, the Final Four is in Houston. Jim Nance is his last year announcing the tournament, and he went to Houston. Sometimes it's written in the stars, you know what I mean? You have to believe it. destiny. Now, I could change that all by tomorrow, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I made two brackets this year. Uh, I've won with our friend group and another for work. I picked Houston in the work one. Um, For ours, I have Houston and Gonzaga playing in the final four and then Arizona and Purdue on the other side. And I have Purdue winning it all. Just, you know, got to give a bone to another Big Ten team. Plus my grandma likes rooting for Purdue when the Gophers are bad, so... That's as reasonable as any reason to pick anyone. Kyle, and who's Zach Eady, who's like one of the five college basketball players I've heard of. So <laughs> he's a big boy. He is big. Um, so without picking any single bracket yet, and technically making any official picks um, at all <laughs> on a bracket, uh, if I have to pick right now, I'll tell you my final four shakes out to be Houston from the Midwest, Arizona from the South. Marquette from the East and UConn from the West. I like that. And in the championship, go ahead. 
I was going to say, I really debated picking Marquette and still might, honestly. Who's to say? It'd be fun. Who knows? It's it's a local team, you know? (laughs) Honestly, I I highly debated Arkansas, but, you know, just the the probabilities of an eight seed making it uh, to the final four uh, is just tough, but... They're going to lose to the Illini anyway in the first round, so it doesn't matter, maybe. I think if I've heard correctly, I haven't watched many Arkansas games, uh, and I honestly have watched less college basketball this year than I have in years past having a a toddler that's just nonstop running around. Um, I think Arkansas might have a couple uh, lottery picks on their team, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Uh, So just watch out for them. That's all I'm saying. Those Razorbacks, they might get you. In the finals, uh, I'm going Houston or the national championship. Houston, Marquette. Uh, give me those. Give me those Houston boys. I've been riding. I feel like I ride with Houston most years. Um, just gotta keep Have going. They've been good until... before. They've been yeah, good the last couple. I think they made the um, the national championship that year that you guys came down to to Butler. Uh, actually, I have no recollection of that. To be honest. <laughs> they've been good the last couple of years though weren't they a two seed last year that does sound kind of familiar they're uh one of their best players sasser is injured though but i think he's still he's supposed player. to be back yeah uh god damn it can't you just imagine jim nance handing the trophy to houston in houston and saying you did it boys Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know if he hands in the trophy. He probably doesn't. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I cannot imagine that. And it's frankly insensitive of you to ask Kyle because you know he can't imagine anything. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is going to be a listen from all the pundits I've listened to I actually know anything. They're saying this is one of the more wide open fields in recent memory. So it could be a wild ride. And I'm really looking forward to it. This is my favorite sporting event of the year, despite not watching college basketball all year. It's just the it's the coolest event, in my opinion. And I can't wait to not do any work tomorrow while I watch it. I hope yeah, my I'm boss is listening to this. Yeah, I'm staying home tomorrow, staying home Friday. Yeah. Nice. I work from home Friday, anyways. So love that. Be good. All right, boys. Well, we hit three sports today. People can't ask for much more. <laughs> How do I don't they even know do if they it? have three sports in Belgium. So, Kyle, why don't you send off our listeners with something to wet their whistles for the weekend? When the beans break down and the beans fall back, all the boys know that they got to throw it back. <laughs> 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 <laughs>